0: Welcome back, guys. It's been a while.
1: And today is a special day because
0: who do we have with us?
2: Hi, my name's Ian Dorval. <laughs> no, yeah. um,
0: Hi, Ian.
1: Ian. Hello, Ian. Hello, Ian.
0: Ian's a day oneer for sure. He's <laughs> yeah. been with us since...
2: Uh, yeah, the pilot episode. Wow. That
0: and I was just going to say like preschool.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I actually didn't go to preschool. I started oh. school in kindergarten.
0: <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, I went to you an extra. in the afternoon class?
2: Mm-mm. I went to an extra year of daycare
3: where you were there no there's a bunch of people that like didn't didn't go to preschool with us that are in their class but started kindergarten i mean thomas he wasn't in preschool ever what ian wasn't kylie wasn't kylie wasn't there's a lot of people
0: guess what are all the ones who turned out great academically and everything else so that's good
3: yeah maybe preschool (laughs) isn't the answer yeah (laughs)
0: Yeah,
2: there probably is sure probably if you you could find somebody who rate of average grades in high school depending on whether they did or didn't go to preschool I'm sure you yeah. can find that out there
0: probably like a pros and cons list probably you think there's cons of sending your kids to preschool
3: definitely not i feel like it's i don't
0: see the harm in it
3: I don't think there's – I think the point of daycare and preschool is probably just more for social skills than it is for actually learning things. Yeah. I would agree with that.
0: Yeah. Couldn't you
1: use that same argument on, like, homeschooling, though? You don't, like, get as much
3: (laughs) social skills because you're homeschooled? Is that what you're saying?
1: I don't know. I'm asking you. I I would think so, but
3: I don't know.
2: It it would be the reverse of, like, sending your kid to, like, preschool or daycare if you're keeping them at home they aren't going out and talking with those other kids. Right. I think
3: that's definitely something that, like, runs in a family, though. I think you, if you were homeschooled, Social you're more, li- no, like, oh, if you were homeschooled, right? you were probably more likely to just put your kids through homeschool. I don't think there's many people that are, like, I've never okay. met anyone, I guess, that just randomly decides, oh, we're homeschooled now. I feel
0: like yeah. now it's more common, especially with, like, everything that's gone on, As people are, like, I'll like, just homeschool my kids. Yeah, they say it. Yeah. I don't know if they actually would do Cause it because I feel like it
1: kind of stuck with some families after COVID.
0: Yeah,
3: a lot of That's th- the true. families I know too that do homeschooling, like their parents ha- or their parent has like a degree in education.
2: Oh, that would make sense. Yeah, so I keep thinking of Max and his family. Were either were of his parents home school? Do you know?
3: Uh, probably. I, I I have no no clue. Yeah, I don't know because I know I know
2: their mom has a teaching degree.
3: Yeah, and I know the Hansen's mom. Uh, mm-hmm. she has a teaching degree as well.
2: I think also the Thorsons as well. I'm pretty sure their mom has a. a uh, degree. Yeah,
3: I don't know about the Thorsons. I guess. I
0: can never stay mm-hmm. home and just teach my kids. That's interesting.
2: I couldn't either. I wouldn't be able There's to do
0: no it. Way. Yeah, be- that would take a lot of patience and organization. I could stay yeah, like, home and like make them watch, but like as much.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of stuff has shifted to online too. I know. Yeah. People have talked to me.
0: That's true. So, Ian. Yeah. We recently had. A track coach on here and a basketball coach, and we had some teachers on here. I think you have a different perspective on high school in general with like activities. I feel like so, can you tell us what you're involved in?
2: So I do a lot of the fine arts of Trinity. Um, Thank so... you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've helped out since seventh grade with the show. I've been backstage every year, just making sure set gets on, props get places. Both uh, Maddie and Olivia helped yep. out this last yep. year. It was, it was a blast. <laughs> I recommend
1: it to
0: everyone listening.
2: Yeah. It's it's hard being like having two stage hands running. He did show. run
0: it basically. <laughs> he was like the lead, so it would be more work for him. But anyways. But yeah,
2: in years past we've only had like two or three, which makes mm-hmm. it really difficult. Because mm-hmm. usually it's two of the younger kids on one side and then I'm alone on my other side, usually during doing the curtain as well on top of all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a, that's a big one that always takes up a good t- chunk of time. but I also do a lot of things like student Congress as well as speech, uh, both events that I would recommend doing for everybody because we were like like we were just talking about those social skills. Yeah, uh, I definitely feel like if I didn't have those, I'd be a lot more socially awkward just in everything I do. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm not exactly completely socially comfortable. not sure if that's a term or not, but it is now. You
0: are. You're very talkative. You're good.
2: Um, but definitely, out of those two more, uh, speech helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just a little bit about speech. It's 14 different events you can do, Uh, split up into what we call public speaking events and interp events. So the interp are things like, uh, we call them humorous, uh, serious, humorous duo, serious duo. There, you... Find a piece, so written by an author, a, a comedian, or you take like an ex- excerpt from like a show or something, and then you do your version of that. You go up by yourself and you give, uh, I think it's eight minutes, seven or eight minutes, depending on the event, uh, just giving that and performing that.
0: How do you perform it? If like you're saying it can come from like a show, what if there's more than one character in it? How does that work?
2: So, yeah, we do have. That is a thing where a lot of interpreters, they'll do voices and then blocking. So, like, one character, you'll, like, define, like, this person. This character stands here when you're up there. And then you're, like, if it's a conversation between two people. It's like improv. Kind of. Kind of. Like, you'll face to your right and talk. And then you'll, when it switches characters you'll take one or two steps over and then you'll face the other way to make it look like they're having a conversation I
0: feel like I can do that do you ever We're put good a, at that.
3: yeah do you ever put like a little funny hat on and be like this this person has a little funny hat on and this is this character and then you step over and then oh not this character anymore because he doesn't have the hat
2: um so as much as fun as that would be and as funny as that would be it's actually against the rules and you'll That's get dis- so dumb you'll That's get boring. disqualified if you have props what i,
3: I heard about that because there was like some controversy with um uh, someone had like a wheelchair or something and like it was kind of considered a prop in that sense i thought you were gonna say that. Um, it was very
0: discriminatory
3: i know but like
0: i was in a wheelchair
3: you were in a wheelchair wait hold <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, what? Stop, wait i stepped on
0: a nail
2: oh
1: yeah <laughs> I meant it was discriminatory in the way of, like, because I'm sure that person well, needed it.
2: Yeah, so the guy I think you're talking about, um, I'm pretty sure I know who he is. He judges now, but he, he does have a condition where, like, his lower half just doesn't work. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but he judges now, and he, he was a great, great. He won state multiple times in his events. Oh, wow. But, yeah, when he would move, he would move with his wheelchair. Yeah. So I, I never heard anything with that. It no, was, I
3: think it was, like, um, they were, like, their speech was specifically about, like, using... The, I, I don't think it was here in North Dakota. I think it was somewhere, like, else. But their speech was specifically about, like, their um, disability. And they were, like, using, like, that as a prop. And, like, they got... Uh, I don't know what happened with that.
0: Oh, did the judges, like, were they not aware that they, that person, like, actually had the disability? Well,
3: no, not... Like, obviously they did. But, like, the question is, is that fair to other, other people then? Because oh. other people can't use the... Use it in the same sense as, you know, what I'm saying?
2: Cause you, yeah. like Right, because if you have, like, a mental disability, you can't exactly pull out brain charts and just, right. like, True. here's my mental irregularity, uh, irregularity or whatever.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
3: Yeah.
2: I hear it. Yeah, I, I haven't heard that story before, but it comes up a lot with, like, watches and glasses.
3: Uh, so oh, like yeah. um, that's another thing that it's like glasses because some like, people don't uh, and some a lot people do. So
2: specifically for like the interp events, a lot of people like if there's like a nerd or whatnot not like the stereotypical nerd has the the big rim glasses. Right. And if They'll, they like, have push glasses, them up. if if they actually push them up or they actually like do the little shake, yeah, that could be count. Uh, grounds for disqualification. It's different if they, like, mind putting it up and they mm-hmm. don't actually touch their glasses or they do it, like, way off to the side. It's a little bit different. That's mm-hmm. allowed. There there have been times where, like, underclassmen uh will, like, accidentally, like, move something and it could be considered a prop. It's, uh... That goes um, a lot into whether or not, like, they're actually aware of <laughs> I that I it was that's
0: complicated. Like, yeah, that's, like, insanely, like, technical. Yeah. It,
2: I, yeah.
0: I feel like having a prop would make it so much more entertaining, though. Like, if you would that's, just allow everyone to be able to do it.
2: Yeah,
3: but then you get into, you get into like... like,
2: into, like If a prop is, um, like, appropriate or not.
3: And is this speech or is this show and tell? Oh,
2: I guess. It's not, like, drama. It it, it isn't quite drama, yeah.
0: I suppose. That
1: makes
2: a lot of sense. So, there is, so that's more for, like, the interim events. That's a really, really big thing. What Jace, the story Jace was explaining, sounds like it's more about the public speaking events. Uh, So, I do the public speaking events. I do Persuade. So, you give a seven-minute speech, talking, or, my bad, eight-minute speech, talking about, and trying to Persuade. (laughs) There's, there's only 14 events <laughs> um <laughs> yeah uh, eight minute speech trying to persuade somebody of a topic so like this year i'm in years past i've done like how sugar is bad and why you shouldn't have it mm-hmm. or why like we need to invest more in like nuclear energy uh, this oh, year. Oh, I remember
1: that speech yeah. i I've
2: done a little bit more. Usually people do it on like awareness. is a very common topic. Awareness of different issues right. is a very big one. I've done more oddball ones. Mm-hmm. Like this one I've done I did the importance of wisdom over knowledge.
0: Oh, that would be interesting. I would listen to um, that.
2: Yeah, so it, I go into like how without wisdom you can know everything and I talk about like Sheldon Cooper from like the Big Bang Theory oh, and okay. how one of his quotes that he gives is I would have been here sooner but the bus kept stopping for other people to get on it like so he knew he had to get from I don't know, okay. so like so he wanted to take the bus to get back to i think it was like his apartment or something but it kept stopping at the other bus stops okay for like other people to get on and off mm-hmm. and like he's obviously one of the most smartest people in the world yeah. but he doesn't understand like acknowledge that the world outside of him happens outside of like oh. what he thinks needs to happen
0: okay i see what you're saying
2: so like you can function that like like as that like obviously he's lived a successful life gets mm-hmm. married so on and so forth yeah mm-hmm. but in his Uh, fake life yes yeah in In, his his fake imaginary life on the show
3: even in like real life that applies to a lot of like um world-class like scientists and like Mm -hmm. smart people i mean Albert einstein like all these people had like usually they have some sort of like even like mental illness or like autism um, autism is a very common thing as well
1: Am I wrong, but didn't Stephen Hawking, like, kind of, like, destroy his marriage? Because the more he learned, he kind of just, like, disregarded the importance of, like, his wife and, like, their relationship. That could be,
3: very well be a
2: thing. Because of, because of, like, what he studied with, like, astrophysics and, like, the creation, Mm. and he goes so far back on such a large scale, uh, because I I think he did have a little bit of something, uh, I don't remember if it was, like, autism or, like, OCD before that, uh, and then obviously his physical disability, but... Because of that, he would get so fixated on the larger picture that, yeah, it, it did end up, like, really making personal relationship with him really Yeah, difficult. like,
1: warped his vision or, like, his, like, yeah. mindset of, like, what was in front of him kind of.
0: Well, in topics like that that people study, like, it's so addicting, I feel like. Like, if I were – I had, like, Ian's brain, right I could, like, really just, like, understand topics like that, I could see how it's so addictive to – want to keep digging and digging and digging and finding more information and like just absorbing yourself in it so i get it but
3: but how much can you learn
2: yeah exactly the well i was doing research i started with a a couple different quotes i was looking at quotes before uh to get an opener as our english teachers always say you gotta have a good hook Right. right and one that kept coming up again and again is knowledge is knowing things wisdom is the more you know the less you realize you know kind of going back to like stephen hawking uh when he started getting so fixated on that big picture when he started delving deeper and deeper and he realized exactly how large like the cosmos is he realized like how little humanity actually knows about even just the earth like we know more about outer space right now than we do about the deep ocean
1: yeah i've heard that that's really trippy
2: so it's like uh a lot of people who live in like uh the common term is like ignorance is bliss um where like if you don't know like exactly what like quantum physics does and like what it is like that concept of it you don't realize how little we actually know about like even the ma- the matter that makes up the world.
3: You know what this reminds me of? Remember the book that we read in Mrs. O's class, Flowers for Algernon. You remember that? that yes,
2: I do remember
0: the that. The mouse was like a scientific, part of some experiment or something. Like yeah. That?
3: So this guy, um, uh, he he, he was.
0: Autism. Right,
3: he was autistic. Um, uh, I don't
2: think he had autism. I think he, he had like a seventy IQ or something.
3: Oh, yeah, okay. he he had this like very low IQ, and um, they did this test on this mouse, and it increased this mouse's IQ. So they tested it on him, and he became really smart and like realized like everything that was going on in his life, and he just became like miserable, and then ended up dying at the end of it. It's oh, a very sad sorry. thing to read so, at school.
2: I, we didn't actually read the whole book of what we read, the the procedure had shortened the mouse's life. And yeah. because, so he was introduced to the mouse before he got the procedure when he still had like 50 or like 70 IQ or something like mm-hmm. that. And he became very emotionally attached to this mouse that could like, had like the equivalent of like 150 IQ for a human and yeah. became very emotionally attached. And then they did the procedure on him and he could actually like understand what was going on like around him. Like he didn't realize how bad his life was Because he was living in, like, an apartment, like, barely making uh, rent, working at, like, getting absolutely gypped out of working, like, a construction job or something, getting paid. Yeah, he he worked in, like, a factory. he didn't know because he didn't know what else other other people were getting paid. But when he got this procedure, it raised his IQ to, like, 170 or something. It had, like, 100 to his IQ.
3: Yeah. And
2: then he realized, man, I'm, like, making minimum wage, living the worst life possible while having a house over your roof or a roof over your head. And when the mouse eventually died, because – not only do mice obviously not live as long as humans, but the procedure had shortened its life, and they knew that it would probably shorten his too. He got, like, super depressed, and after the mouse died, the procedure wore off, so he went back to having, like, 70 IQ, but he still had this, like, baggage of depression and, like, this en- emotional attachment of, like, his friend, that the mouse that died, and he couldn't understand what was going on anymore, and he would just stare at the TV and the news and just, like... majorly depressed
3: because he still carried that with him but he didn't even know like why he was upset that's that was a crazy look that's just so
0: weird to think about because like not that i can relate to the mouse (laughs) or anything like that but like for me i struggle with like those hard concepts to understand so like like outer space and like the ocean and like nuclear stuff like i don't i can't really comprehend it but like for me i think it's like okay that i don't understand because or else i'm the type of person that would like freak out about it and like you know, like, worry about it. It's kind of you know? like, yeah. yeah,
1: like, when kids are really young and then they, like, watch that one movie or, like, read that one, like, book fact about, like, how scary sharks are and then they, like, get really scared of, like, those outside things, kind of like that. Yeah, I don't know. That's just how my brain works, but.
2: Yeah, it definitely takes a very specific mindset to understand, like, we only, like, can scratch the surface on really, like, anything we actually yeah.
0: know. Yeah, yeah, true. Like, I think you're able to
2: handle it. I've, I don't think I could. Well, <laughs> I've no, always I, I think grown up, like,
3: I think anyone could, like, understand that there's no one person that knows everything and never will be one person that knows everything. It's everyone's knows their specialty. There's no, like, there's no jack of all trades. And when it comes to knowledge, true. it's everyone brings their own thing. And you have to, and the thing that you have to do is trust that these people are giving you the truth and information. And if you understand that, then maybe you can look and try and understand what information they're trying to give you.
0: That's true. That's very true. I also want to say something about speech. As someone who I would say is like pretty outgoing me myself. I can like talk to kind of like everyone in the class and like be okay with it whatever. You will never catch me being on a speech team. Like I have to give so much credit to those who join speech, because I can't, like, the one class we had, I knew everybody in the room, I went over my topic so many times, I practiced it so many times, but still when I got up there, I was like, uh, uh, like, there was nothing coming out of my mouth, and I just, like, panicked. So, what is it like when you go up there, and you give your speech, or, like, is there a difference between doing it your second time, and then you're, like, going up your fifth time? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so,
2: to that, there is, like, a certain sense of, like, formality, like, like, uh, when I first started giving my speech this year, um, we always have it, like, I have it, I print it out and then cut it out and put it, tape it onto note cards, and you take that up and give it. And obviously, the first couple times, you're still getting, like, familiar with your speech. You're not sure exactly what's coming next. You might have an idea, but you don't know exactly what you're going to say. That's always a little bit nerve-wracking that you're going to lose your spot. Yeah. Um, just recently, I've we call it going off cards, but it's memorizing. So I have pretty much my whole speech memorized at this point, and it's always, again, really nerve-wracking going up there, like, okay... I'm not going to, you have to like mentally calm yourself down and like boost your confidence. Like, okay, I know, I know my speech. I've given it five separate times in my room. Uh, at other speech meets and at practice, because if you start to worry and think too much about that, you will forget. You, you yeah. will forget. Yeah. Wait, it's I have a question. Like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Almost. So
1: after being so like familiar with it, do you kind of just like zone out and just like it's kind of almost like automatic, and you can just recite it? Like your it? mouth
0: just like moves and like kind of like autopilot. That's crazy. Yes. Actually. Um What if you then, while you're doing it, you realize that you're just on autopilot, and you're just like, well, that's why. I he like, said he
3: has to call. That's it that's him what would get me because yeah. yeah. So
2: that's happened to me a couple times. Oh. in the middle of a speech of, like, I'll be giving, like, my... I'll be, like, halfway through my second point. I'll be, like, did I say... Like, I'll, I'll keep talking about it. I'll be thinking, like, did I say this? Did I remember to say the, this point? Did I remember to say this mm-hmm. sentence? Mm-hmm. And obviously, you can't stop and go back. You just got to keep going. And at that point, what I find really helps is specifically for like memorized things is gestures if you just let your mouth run with what you know it knows Mm -hmm. and you focus on specifically making your gestures look natural obviously you don't want to robot it yeah but if you think about like oh i can add a gesture here i can uh, make a list out of this Mm -hmm. or i can dramatize this with like a list or a that's statistic. actually a
1: really smart strategy because then your brain's not, like, focusing on the are not, yep you're not, yeah, you're not focusing message. on
2: the words you're saying and the words you're going to forget. You're thinking about only, like, the next sentence or two or what you're saying right now. And how can I accentuate this, make wow. this more dramatic? That
0: kind of brings me back to when we did have speech class. And I remember one thing she told us with a certain speech. She was like, okay, your main job is to move around. Don't just stand in the same spot. Walk back and forth. Like, so then... When, at least for me when I did do the speech I like did focus more on okay I should probably move to the right I've been standing here for too long right? and then I did go on autopilot with the information so that would make sense yeah. and during speech
1: class since you're like oh my gosh a, a, like a, you judge like a so great hard. speaker and it's like one of your like things you can be honest please be honest cuz Liv and I were please. in Ian's speech class with Mrs. Schiff junior year were there were there ever times where you were like oh my goodness this is like kind of painful to watch
2: um, so I, as of, okay, this, this requires a little bit of background. So I'm, uh, I've been a speech captain this year and last year. So I've started like helping the underclassmen more and I've really learned how to like, not so much like, Ooh, you messed up here. I'm going to judge you for that. It's more like, mm-hmm. Oh, you were so close to doing this, right? If you do this, you can make it better. Yeah. So oh, it well, was, it was less judging to judge and more, how can I help them like, fix Like
1: help oh, okay. critiques.
2: Yeah, yeah, so uh, if I didn't have the experience that I got from being that captain, I think probably to a certain extent I would have judged people, but... Uh, how um, could you not, though? Yeah, that's that, so How could yeah. you not?
0: Like, it's...
2: But there is a certain point. So, like, Brooklyn Berger, a senior last year who graduated, was really, really good at speech and these public speaking events. And she went to nationals for Girls' State, and she ended up giving a speech to, I think it was, like, 100 people, like, in D.C. That's terrifying. And she said she was... When she came back afterwards, she said she was more nervous giving a speech in speech class to people she knew, to the 25 people in that room that she knew, than to give it to those 100 random strangers in Washington, D.C.,
1: that's so true though it is it is there's something about just like because we all knew how that class worked you all get the same assignment and we've all been doing the same things for like the four years of high school and then you're like expected to give it and then everyone gets graded and then after like class we all like go talk about it and there's just something about like knowing those people that makes it so much more like pressure. I think just
0: knowing that they know you so they know your potential and if you don't re- reach that potential or you don't do great they're gonna say something after that's exactly what. Whether it be to your face, in the hallway. Because our class, or... we joke around with each
1: other a lot. We kind of <laughs> It's kind of brutal sometimes. Right. But, like, it? it's not just like a, oh, you did bad, like, it's fine.
2: Like, people would, like, make jokes.
1: Yeah. And I'm not, like, victimizing anyone. Or, like, no, no, no. no.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a mutual thing for our whole class. Yeah. yeah 100%. But, yeah, I think it is that fact of, like, oh, I'm going to mm-hmm. see this person in, like, 50 minutes after this next class yeah. is done. Yeah. Where, like, with speech, you get in a room with maybe, I think it's around 10-ish people, counting the judge. Mm-hmm. You might see that person at, like, concession stand Yeah. when you're getting a snack because it's 4 o'clock and you haven't eaten since 8 a.m. <laughs> but other than that, like, you're like, oh, I, I really liked your speech. And I'm like, oh, I really liked your topic, too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's just little, like, passing comments. It's not, like, afterwards, like, at your locker standing next to the person that you you knew like yeah like gave you side eye during like your speech like you're not gonna see like you might see that person like across the gym or whatever where you guys are staying but that they they don't matter they're from beulah what what matter who's a random sophomore from beulah really matter to you yeah what are they gonna say to you where opposed to like your friend
0: i have another question about speech class were you, because we had a pretty full cool class, so there was, like, a lot of people in there. Were you kind of, like, shocked by anyone, like, that you didn't expect that would, like, that they yeah. did good?
2: Um I was actually quite pleasantly surprised with our whole class, like, how? how well everybody did. I was too. Because I know when, like, I first started giving, I think I started doing public speaking events my freshman year. I knew that I was, at my, my freshman me at speech, before I got, like, a lot of coaching, was probably a little bit below the bar, for what our speech class was. Oh, wow. So so these seniors that have absolutely no competitive experience giving a speech and who've only talked like presentations in front of class with your friends. Yeah. are on a higher level than like a freshman who is getting help. Yeah, and wow. the big so,
1: factor of like the speech team like wanting to be there and then the speech class like having to be there. I, that, that yeah, the, you're right. The, the energy was completely different. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine.
0: I just, I remember like, Jace, you can talk about your speech class too because I know you had different people in there, but I know for ours, besides Ian, I don't think we had a lot of people with experience in there. And was I, Abby maybe in there? Abby was, no, in, Abby was, Abby was in the, was the, the other class. one. And I think we were all kind of on the same page of, okay, We don't really wanna do this. We have really no experience. We don't know what we're doing.
1: We all took the class out of fear of having to do it in a college class of like two hundred people, yeah. two hundred fifty, and every yeah.
0: every upperclassman, every teacher told us that, so we were like, okay, hey, well, dang. Mm-hmm. We but know. I think there was something comforting about everyone freaking out about it and not just yeah. freaking out about it by yourself. There, people.
2: there is that certain sense of community of let's all struggle together.
0: Yeah, oh, one hundred percent. Yeah.
2: So yeah, if you want to talk about a little bit what your experience, because I know you had a couple of upperclassmen with you,
0: and like people like Bailey, I know was in there, and she's she, I feel like she can just stand up there and do a speech. She was on, she was in speech for a little bit. Abby
3: was in there like yeah so I'm I'm what I'm trying to do right now is remember because I don't really remember that, that time I think it kind of blanked out on my mind the honest thing that I remember right away was the first speech that we gave the powerpoint speech that sticks out to me for some reason I remember we all had these different powerpoints and like these it was the brown bag speech that's what it was yeah. called it was like a show and tell speech bring in like something that you um liked or like whatever and just wanted to talk about it and I remember Denzel going up there so I remember because everyone that knows Denzel knows that he doesn't really talk that often and I, I was going in with the expectation that probably not going to be able to do this very well and I thought he did a pretty good job because he was able to just put up his he talked about his farm and he just put up pictures of his farm and was just able to talk about his farm like off the cuff like that, that another one Bailey Bailey talked about New York and her experience in New York I think when you are talking about something that you're passionate about, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. For sure.
2: And I think that's a great way to start. Like that whole semester class is, hey, here's a presentation, a PowerPoint, something we've all done before because other classes have done projects on PowerPoints about something you really enjoy or find special. I yeah. think it's a great like it's a very different like with because another speech that we did in that class was the like we, we always just call it like the famous person speech yes the yeah. where you picked a, a famous speech given by a political figure of advocate and you analyze the speech nobody really cares that much about any one particular speech in history I'll be
0: honest it was hard sitting there listening to all it was after like, like, that second, was a hard after like the second like speech you kind of just you stared at them and didn't really listen that was back. another you, comforting thing about it is because no offense to anyone who was in that class but like i remember there was days when people were presenting and i honestly would just get so tired of hearing everyone present the whole time that i would just zone out and not listen yeah. so then when i'd be done i was like okay well i know half the people weren't paying attention after the last three minutes so i'm fine
3: i think what yeah. would have been better in that situation is another part of speech is being able to like analyze a good speech and like that's what i think usually trying to do with that and i think it would have been better if that we just like did this research on our own and we didn't have to present it but rather just look at the, these speeches and like jot down like information that we found and what was impactful to us about the speech i think that would have been more well worth it
0: like what I we got mean, out of that. the speech
1: instead yeah because
3: yeah. that's another thing that you have to do with a speech is be able to receive a speech and like the hear message. it and understand yeah,
1: kind of going off that, i was like i know the class is obviously like speech class I was shocked how many speeches we ended up giving. Yes, like, it yeah. was like as soon as we finished one speech, we were right to the next one, and we like knew that we were gonna be presenting it within like two weeks. Mm-hmm. See,
3: i I thought we did not do that many speeches. Really? By the it's end of years it, years I felt years. like we barely did any.
2: How many was, kids were in your class, just out of curiosity? Do you? If you had a ballpark?
3: I had a small class, probably around like ten. Yeah, we, like had, that. we had we every had every like, other junior. So yeah, we ended yeah. Up we 20. Had like 20.
2: So yeah. we had twice as many people. Maybe like, that's why it feels because we had twice as many, days? Many Yeah,
1: presenting days would take, like, a week and a half. Yeah. Honestly, because... And it would get to be so long.
2: And yeah. because if somebody's gone and they're scheduled for that day, yeah. then everybody else has to move up and take that position, even if you're ready or not. Yeah. Did, oh, did so you guys
3: scary. ever have those days where you just, like, went outside and just got to, like, talk in front of everyone? No. No. See, like, we, we had stuff like to... that. Okay.
2: No,
1: our... We, we had a semester two, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay, yeah. So we right early on she would like have us all walk outside and then we just like she give us a topic and then we just co- go up to the front and just like talk See, that would, to everyone
1: dang i wish we could have done that
0: That sounds which is crazy because fun. people would say that first semester speech class was shorter than second semester
2: i think it's, it's technically like two and a half weeks shorter or something i think, I think second semester longer yeah i
1: think spring semester always feels wait no fall semester always feels so much shorter
3: but with double the people that makes sense you like, need yeah, like if, yeah double because, the amount of days to present yeah. i
2: guess it probably took you what like maybe two maybe three days to Get through all I your think it was usually two days. Yeah, we were taking at least a week to get through yeah, we the 20. Yeah, so it's definitely. Which is why different.
0: I think we would get kind of not boring, but just like repetitive,
2: repetitive. when we'd sit Well, because she was always asking for uh, the same aspects of a speech. Like with that famous speech, she wanted the p- uh, pathos, logos, and ethos of the right, speech. That's but so when true. they're all on that like level of being like memorable speeches of history, they all kind of become the same thing. Like, oh, this person gave a lot of statistics about their topic. They were trusted because they were a politician. They're a leading advocate. Or, like, they made me feel emotional because they have all of these big sob stories.
1: Yeah, that's so true, Ian.
3: Yeah. So, another thing, since it's your senior year, do you feel that, like, every time you go, like, when you go up to give a speech, do you feel that, like, this is my senior year? Because I know for, like, my cross-country season, I, like, never felt, it never hit me that, like, oh, I'm a senior, this is my last race. Or, like... Yeah,
2: so, like a lot of other events, you have to qualify for the state meet for speech. You either have to take first place, or if it's a class A school and a class B school, both first and second place go. So that's what happened to me. I took second place to a class A student, and it's called extemporaneous speaking. So... What? (laughs) I I can give a little bit about that. So you pick... They usually have a manila envelope of, like, I think this year it's like 60 questions just like one line sometimes open-ended questions usually of like a political stance um so we were talking a little bit before how we were trying to talk decide what we were going to talk about and drug overdose uh drug abuse got brought up <laughs> and i just You're re- joking <laughs> and i just recently um gave a speech on uh, an extemporaneous speech about how the u.s or why the u.s drug policy is not curbing the, a number of fentanyl overdoses. So it's stuff like that. Or I've given all a lot of like, how will this event affect this person's political career? Or how will this international relationship end? So it's a lot of those like big political questions. And then you pick three out of that and you get to pick one of those three and you get an hour to prep, do research, write out a general outline, and then you go and give a seven minute speech. To a judge about that topic
3: do you know who your judges are before you um
2: yeah so the way it is is there's two rounds in in years past before covid it was two rounds and then you have to qualify for a final round uh, it's a little bit more simple now it's just three rounds that they for all 14 events they post them on like usually we're in a gym so they'll put them on like the wall and it'll show you who's all in your round and then the last name of your judge
3: so do you ever like is there an art to like playing to your judges biases a hundred percent that's kind of funny so
2: there's a certain judge that is really infamous in the public speaking events, specifically in, like, extemporaneous speaking and Persuade. His name's David Clinton. He's, like, a 70-year-old man, not from any particular region. I think he's based, uh, he came out or he lives in, like, Bismarck, I think. But He's notorious for being a very um, difficult, picky, skill-based judge. And I absolutely love that. Because if a judge strictly goes off of like, oh, you found this sob story for this random question you right, picked out of 60. Right, like 60. the personality almost. So there was one time I gave a speech for him, and it was a super difficult and like weird topic. It was, it had something to do with like the new German chancellor and like how he can fix Germany or something. It was a couple years ago. And I gave him the question because we had a little slip of paper and he says, wow, good luck. And the way speech works is in that room, the speech or the judge gets to give one, 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 two, one, three, one, four. And then the rest of the people get fives. And the goal is to have the lowest score. I remember that specifically he, that was the, so it was, for a finals run. So there are actually three judges in that room. And that was the first time I had ever stayed qualified was with with that question because wow. i got cool. i think i went one one two and that super difficult judge david clinton gave me his one Wow. just because it was such a complex a uh, complex topic and how like in depth like i talked about like how we can fix their economy and that should be his big goal but there were also like a lot of like um human rights problems going on in germany at the time with like rising um anti-semitic views again so i talked about like all these different like in depth things and brought out how they can not only make a national impact but also an international impact and because it was i went so like statistically based and gave so much like research and elaborated I, um because that's just, like what he looks for i think that's why he gave me that one so it's yeah it's it's a really stressful event when you get when you get going it's Speech in general is really stressful when you get going. Mm-hmm. It's finding your groove, finding what works for you, and then sticking to it. So when I f- started, I feel like I'm rambling again. Yeah, no, 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 you no, no. You're no. fine. No, Go this ahead.
1: is so no, interesting. That, no. We know <laughs> nothing about. Yeah, this. no, people that don't know anything. I had no idea that there was like events. I like kind of knew, but I didn't know like the in depth of them, and I also didn't know how the judging worked. It does sound a lot more stressful than when. <laughs> They're just like, hey, speech meeting at
0: Titan Time. Like, you know what i Yeah, I'm, I'm like, so what are they doing? They're going to go practice their speech for, like, the 20th time or, like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But there's, like, so much more to it.
2: Yeah, so when I started in seventh grade, it's all because I very specifically remember we had just finished mass at Queen of Peace as a family, and the emptors who usually go to St. Path were at Queen of Peace, and um, Hazel walks up and says, hey, do you want to do this event with me at speech? it was a serious duo I had no clue what speech was I didn't know what the speech was I didn't even know what serious duo meant but it was a friend that asked so I said sure why not yeah so very
1: brave um, of you to <laughs> do that. I, I also said it kind
2: of to there might have been a little bit of bias because I wanted to like impress my parents. Yeah, Because <laughs> yeah. they were also yeah. right there. I can't say you no, and you're like, why don't you want to do your speech? And I'm like, uh oh. yeah. Yeah. so I said yes. And so I went and I, I started learning in speech, I started learning about speech. In seventh grade I thought I was really funny. Um, <laughs> I know now that I, I have a very niche sense of humor. <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> and so I started. I did that and then I picked up a humorous speech and I stuck with that and I tried to make it work that year and I tried it again eighth grade year, but instead of a Sears deal with Hazel, I did a humorous deal with Abby and then I did a different humorous speech and I just couldn't make it work. It wasn't working. The judges were saying things, but I didn't know how to really fix it. Probably yeah. could have also been because I was like an eighth grader. Right. But then that freshman year came, and Chuck Olson, good old Chuck Olson. We was love Chuck Jack Olson. Yeah. Jack Jack Olson's dad. Okay. Um said, Hey, you should try writing a persuade. And Around this time, my dad was doing a lot of research and getting uh, taking like college classes about like nutrition. Mm-hmm. And so, he started doing a lot of stuff for, like sugar. Like As a family, we were cutting back on like how much sugar we took mm-hmm. and like marking to see like how much we actually took. Right. It's a lot when you actually look at the numbers. Yeah, and so I wrote a persuade about why sugar is bad and why we need to start having less of it in our diets as Americans. Right. And I did really well for a freshman.
0: Did you get a one?
2: There was, at one point, I think I got one one that year. And I was so Oh, wait, hold
0: on. You carry speeches throughout the whole year? You don't just, like, write one for one meet?
2: So that, again, kind of gets into what event? For most of the events, yes. You write one speech and then you just carry it for some of the like we call them prep events so that's like extemporaneous speaking or there's another one where it's uh pretty much a political instead of political questions it's, you get a story and you uh just a random story and you give that or radio is another one you get a couple new a uh, couple stories weather sports and then you have your own little written section and that changes at every week because they're prep. so you give that hour to prep and then you go give your speech and you'll probably never give that speech again Oh wow. But for all the other I think there's only like 3 or 4 events that are like that. For the other 10 events, so like persuade, inform, humorous, serious, you give a speech, or you pick a speech and then you give it that whole year until regionals. You can do two speeches, two events at regionals, and once you give a speech at regionals, you can't do it for the rest of your high school career. So, so what if you make it to
0: state? state then? Do you have to come up with a new speech? No,
2: okay, yeah. So for that, you get to finish that year out with that speech. Okay. So you'll take that speech you qualified with at regionals to state. Oh. But then when you start it to get next year you have to pick a new topic or find a new speech to give. Oh, okay
1: wow interesting yeah i never knew how speech works
3: when what i is. hear events i think my mind thinks track so like in track there's the dreaded four by four and that's like the worst the worst of the worst so is there like a speech event that's like the worst the worst no one wants it like coach puts you in and you're like ah.
2: yeah so it kind of depends on like what kind of person you are but there's gotta be like a universal one there there, right? there, there there i would say there's two universals I might be a little bit biased, so extemporaneous speaking, which is uh, the one I do. So it's the hour event right. with you get you That's draw stressful. three political and then, and I, then the, give then a speech. You I you could imagine that would be. And then yeah. there's another one. It's called impromptu. You Wait, you walk into a room and there's two pieces of paper that are flipped face down and a judge. You when the judge says go, you flip the paper over and they start a seven minute timer. These are there. It's two two quotes. You pick one of the quotes, and then that seven minute timer is your prep time and your speaking time. So um, Abby just started doing this and is like amazing at it. She's taken like first place at three separate meets with it. Oh wow. Um. So yeah, you flip that quote over and you pick one of the two. Then you give you prep with it. You write out on a note card usually what the speech is, and then three points. So usually somebody they'll talk like a movie, a book, and then like a personal experience, or like sometimes they will talk about like the person who said the quote, and then under that same seven minutes, you go up and you give a speech about using those points. Jeez.
1: That could possibly be the most terrifying I situation would is, I would ever have. That, that, that is the one, one event
2: that absolutely terrifies me.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah I can see why. <laughs> the who I, I can see... You. Being really good at that, hundred to shop. I feel like that man could pick up <laughs> a piece of paper and just talk about the most random things ever, and it'd probably still apply. Like I'm, I'm thinking about his speech during, um, during drama. Like that was an amazing speech when we were all in the circle before, um, the final show during Anything Goes. Speech almost made me tear up. You, man. you have
2: to remind me what did he talk about. I don't remember. Yeah, I see. So much. <laughs>
3: You don't. You don't remember his. No. no. His was so. His was so good. Everyone was laughing, and then like everyone was like serious after that. I don't know. I don't I even remember what he laughing. said. I just remember like the room's atmosphere while he was speaking. I, I couldn't even tell you what he said. I guess.
2: Now, now that I think about it, Hunter probably would be not terrible at that, just because he's so random and sporadic.
0: Okay, Ian. I have a question. Yeah. Out of us three. No. 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 Not out of us three. Each of us three. You have to pick an event that you think we would be best at what would we do
2: okay so this actually works really well because i would put both you and maddie humor
0: duo?
2: with a humorous duo do <laughs> that would be What's precisely do? what i would put you in and it good. would definitely be something to do with like a friendship it'd be like wow it'd be, it'd, <laughs> Um, I keep thinking back to, it'd be like you two picking on each other in like a friendship is Basically, the first thing that comes to yeah. mind.
1: That's our like everyday conversation. So we would probably dominate that. Yeah. Oh. There's
3: already and beef at the beginning of this podcast. Luckily it got snuffed out by <laughs> we Ian. So, so <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> There's
2: always beef at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> And, and then for Jace. for Jace, I would definitely pick like inform or persuade. You you pick a topic and then you literally just tell everything you know and everything pertaining to that topic. And Jace, it's kind of just like I info think, dumping yeah. in a really like sophisticated way.
3: Yeah. That was probably my, pers- the persuade speech was probably my favorite one from speech class. Yeah. You I, seem like you would be good at
0: that. Yeah. I just feel like you're so knowledgeable.
1: My, yeah.
3: My persuade speech was on clowns. It was about like the 2016 clown oh, epidemic. What
1: an oh, epidemic. That was crazy. That was, yeah. that was
2: a weird time. I remember I, specifically being like, on the playground and everybody freaking out like guys what if what if a clown car shows up and like five, 15 clowns jump out and start like attacking us like no, what, 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 what do we do wait
0: how did that start again I think it was it something. was
3: just a bunch of internet videos yeah. uh so when I was doing research the the first one that like I could find was like this uh video in Germany it was it was really interesting yeah
0: I've heard
3: of that yeah there's this like
0: killer Clown, clown like there standing in
3: the room was, it, well no this one was it had to do with like he was at like children's playgrounds, like trying to oh, scare children oh my gosh people was need that?
2: to get a Was that the same time around... I'm trying to remember, the movie It came out? When did the movie It come
3: out? Yeah, so that, yeah. that had a big correlation with it, too, because yeah. there was spikes when, uh, like during the, when the book came out and when the movie came yeah, out. The, it was like a thing where like, people kind of obsessed over it, and then they like yeah, or just of like 1980s. maybe it
0: was like, in, in their head as like a
2: In their head, and then you get like those really weird people of society. And and then, I guess it's kind
0: of like the documentaries with like Ted Bundy and stuff like that, where they see how these serial killers get famous, and they're like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Well,
3: that's another thing. There was a serial killer, The clown killer uh yeah he was right John after Wangezi. um yeah.
1: oh he, Dahmer. he killed like he was right away. after Dahmer. He was around because
2: he, he was around the clunkler was around what like late 18 or 1980s not 1800s <laughs> 1980s and like early 1990s wasn't he yeah. uh yeah cause That, that would have been, been yeah like 1900s, the decade 80s. following when the book It came out, because I'm pretty sure It came out in, like, yeah. 1980. It,
3: yeah, it was right around the same time period where this, this had happened. It's
0: scary how people can become obsessed with, like, things like that. As an ex after-school kid care worker, I would be so
1: upset if a clown just came to the playground and was oh, like, Hey, kids, no. <laughs> let me tell no. you, it would have been
0: a shock. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: Would not
1: have worked out imagine. well?
0: I can't imagine.
1: Yeah, that'd be,
2: like that's not a funny thing. That, that was at that at was at a major fear. Like we're playing kickball and we're like, what if they kick it and just a clown grabs it? That was that was something I that ran imagine. through my head like
0: that never ran through my head. I'm, I don't I don't know why.
2: I was I was a really socially awkward kid in kindergarten. <laughs> that, and, is okay. yeah, elementary school, very that is okay. That is okay. What
0: was like one of your fears in like elementary school? Like were you like a kid that was scared of the dark or the like, clouds, or like was it like monsters or you know? Um
2: it was I was definitely one of the kids that was scared of the dark. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I very um in my house in my room at we had moved and it was right at the end of the elementary it was like fifth and sixth grade we had moved to a house and we had built the, uh, we had built our own house we had designed it and somehow I ended up with like a whole walk-in closet
0: Ian and, I can relate to you so much right now and
2: it because ter- you would open the door and you'd have to go in the closet and turn to get the light switch on and like 10 11 year old me did not appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> I was like and because it's it's not even like a closet door where it's like it just swings open or it's the fold one. Mm-hmm. It was like a full door that like is similar to any other door. Like in the a house. handle yeah. and everything. like like a bedroom door. I yeah, feel like well. you've
3: in um your past two houses you've always had a huge closet. I feel like your closet was always big. I don't so, know why. I- <laughs>
2: <laughs> kinda, kinda. And well the fun thing about my room right now is it's technically one inch bigger than the master bedroom.
3: Wow. <laughs> the only,
2: diff- the only difference is so, mine doesn't have a whole bathroom attached.
0: Uh, same.
3: My, my room is the biggest room in the house, but mine just doesn't have a bathroom attached. Actually, I
0: think mine is too. Huh? Now that I think about it.
3: That's crazy.
2: Yeah. And mine's in the basement, and opposed to the main floor. Yeah. yeah I've same. always, my, I've always had the, my room has always been the lowest out of all the rooms. I don't know why.
0: Probably because you're older. Or oh, you're older than I. It, it, could, be, it yeah. could be.
2: It could be. Because, like, in, so the first house that I, first house that I actually remember, I was in, in the basement, and then when we moved, so we moved pretty much every time I've gotten, like, a new sibling, because, so I'm the oldest, <laughs> and Did you, should, when, like, show up at a door? Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm the oldest, and so every time my parents would have a new kid, every time I got a new sister, we would have to move houses because we had just enough room for yeah. oh.
0: that family. Ian has three little sisters. I have, if I you have guys three don't know. little <laughs>
2: sisters. Yeah, so that's because my first house was at I don't remember this one because I was too too young. Was at the uh, bottom of Water Tower Hill.
0: Freaky, <laughs> freaky. Do you guys know Water Tower Hill? Yeah. Yeah. It, that
2: area. Is I, I don't remember that reason. house at all. But we moved when I was like one or two because that's when my mom was pregnant with my uh, oldest sister, mm-hmm. and. And then we went over and we lived by where the Jacobs live now, that mm-hmm. park, uh, kind of close to like Prairie Park. Yep,
0: I know what you're talking about.
2: And my room was in the basement for that. It was the only room in the basement, and I was down there. And then when we got my, when my next sister came, we moved again, and that's the house where I had the walk-in closet. And so it wasn't the fact that I was in the basement, I was actually on the main floor, but the rest of the rooms were in the upstairs, oh. and the upstairs was oh, yeah. just bedrooms. Okay. So I still had the lowest room in the house, even though it was just on the main floor. And then we moved again, and we're in the house we live in now. And again, it's me and my oldest sister in the basement, and then everybody else is on the main floor. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: And honestly, I really love the fact that I'm in the basement because I'm really warm blooded. And if it was up to me, the basement would be <laughs> 65 all the time. Okay.
0: <laughs> no. That's insane. I would die. I couldn't do would also die. <laughs> so
2: would my sister that lives the sleeps in the basement. So yeah. <laughs> that's why it sits at 69, 70. Yeah.
3: Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast yeah. today, Ian. We we're asked really you last minute, yeah, and you me. were able to be we on. We do have to
2: give in a
0: shout-out, though, because he comments uh, on our videos. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, commented on, on the YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Not so much yeah.
2: anymore because I switched. I listen to Spotify on Spotify now. Yeah, he
0: commented on one, so that I saw. We still appreciate. I think everyone the guy, the guy should listen
2: on, on Spotify. I think Maybe. there's too much. One on. One on the first episode, because I don't think I commented on the pilot. And then one on the second episode. Yeah, so. you shouldn't.
0: You shouldn't do that. <laughs> don't listen to the pilot. <laughs> that was bad
2: for Now get him <them> the views. Yeah, <laughs> that's
0: true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, views up. Alright.
3: Okay. Alright. Thanks, Ian. Yeah, that's the Ian, bell. That's see the you. bell. We'll
0: see you guys Goodbye. next week.
3: Bye. Adios.